noticed this morning is Jerry's workspace is is a little bit um, expanded than what we. we I am. I'm in a ballroom. Yeah, are you working? Is this remote for Jerry at a hotel? <laughs> yeah, this is remote at a hotel. I found an empty ballroom and decided to take it over. Uh, they opened the door and then they they saw me in here and they closed it. So that was I don't know what that meant, but we're if, we're good. If you acoustics are great. If he gets drug out by hotel security, do not disconnect, Jerry. Yeah. Do not turn off. Do not turn off the laptop. I want you to carry it with them as they drag you out. Yeah, life is good. This is uh, TA week yep. uh, in San Diego, and um, it is uh, a, a kind of a call for the beginning of the year, which gives you a sense of, you know, who's able to come out <laughs> and and actually not be virtual. Um, and clearly, travel budgets. Yeah, all the cool yep. kids are. Most of the cool kids are here, except for James. Um, he should be here, actually. Uh, but but it's it's uh, it's an interesting crew, and uh, we'll see what what uh, what we learn from this. I love that crowd more than more than any other crowd that we have within our space. But we need a better name than the cool kids. We have got to come up with. <laughs> got to come I up know. with something else. Well, you got to help me. Uh, maybe we need a, a new James, branding view. If, if only, yeah, if only we had a branding guru on the line. To rename <laughs> I, the cool I don't know anything about marketing. I never heard of it. What is that? Oh, man. All right. Well, we have a fun topic today. You guys about ready to jump in? We're going to do this. Let's make it happen. All right. Let's see if I can find the right button and we'll just kick it off. Here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Welcome everybody back to Recruiting Community Podcast. We do this weekly. This is a lot of fun. I am your host today, Ren. I'm bringing in my co-host, Stimpy. How are you, Stimpy? How are things going? Oh no, I can't hear. I can't hear you. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's good. That was probably the problem of Stimpy. Yes. <laughs> good grief. And you're in, you're in San Diego today. That's exciting. So thanks for dialing in, Jerry. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the the nice part about it is it's seventy degrees, and you don't really have to look at the you know at, at the weatherman in order to discover that because it it never gets more or less than seventy degrees. But it, but sometimes it rains. I hear. Yes, Lately. but I it never rains where I am. <laughs> well, that is true. I can attest to that. We were on a golf course once, and the clouds would part for yeah. Mr. Crispin. That's I wish I was making that up. <laughs> So we've got we have a fun we got a fun show today. Our guest today has put an artificial microchip into brains of recruiter. That's next week. Sorry, he's been working on a new project. Uh, he calls it the definition of insanity. So we're going to dive in and find out what that might mean in the world of recruiting. He's a fun guy. We think you're going to enjoy him. Really quickly, just a couple of housekeeping reminders. We're streaming on the socials: uh, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can go to cxr.work/podcast to see past and future episodes where we share those here. And as a reminder, this is an ad-free labor of love for Jerry and I. We do this because uh, we have guests on here that we are interested in that are doing really cool stuff. We want to shine a light on. Uh, and then lastly, I'll just tell you, well, second to lastly, I will remind you if you're with us on, uh, if you're with us on LinkedIn, 
use the comments, the chat feature over there. You can ask questions of our guests. You can just say hello, give a shout out. Uh, and we have been known to throw that up on the screen from time to time and address those. And then the only other thing I'm going to remind you of, if you haven't seen it already, we've got a new beta directory that has been launched, cxr.work slash directory. We try to keep it pretty easy. Uh, but the idea there is that we've got about 6,000 ratings for about 300 and, 330, 340 products that sit in there within the talent acquisition space. Uh, and we're really excited about this because you can connect directly with the other folks who have made the ratings um, and, and built this platform. The platform really designed uh, and then built it in partnership with all of our um, all of our community members. So it is an exciting, uh, exciting new toy, I guess. If you're shopping, if you're looking, there's 30 some odd categories uh, of vendors and services. It's a great place to stop in. It doesn't cost you anything to go and use. So we'd encourage you to dig through for that. Jerry, anything you'd add to that? No, I think you said it all. It's great. Okay, that's pretty easy. It's a mouthful. I, can, I make it easy for you, don't I? All right, let's bring in James. Here we go. Mr. James, how are you this morning? I am good. How is everybody? Pretty good. So so, so sorry about the microchip mix-up. You know what? If, I'm, if you're going to mix me up with a lawn, I'm going to make some announcements. And first, let me call my broker, and then I'll make some announcements. But that's fine by me. I can make you that could, work. You could threaten to sell 25% of our show, and then yeah. we couldn't have you on. Something like that. Anyway. So $420. Did you do, $4.20 $4 would be fine. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, so James, you, um, you're doing some interesting work. I want to talk about it a little bit, but for folks who have not had the opportunity or the privilege uh, to connect or meet with you, James, why don't you give us kind of an escalator pitch of who's James Ellis and why should anybody not change the knob, turn the dial uh, when we put him in full screen? See, that, that's the way to do it. It's like, the, it don't just justify your existence. It justify your existence to an entire audience. Like, look, they have their finger pressed right over that mouse. It's hovered. It's hovered. That's right. We have 11 uh, subscribers. So I think you've, you've got your work cut out for you. Oh, I can only, I got to get, get bring it up to 12 here. No, I'm James Ellis. I am a loud mouth and employer branding. If you don't know who I am, um, I, I'm trying, I, I thought I, I was trying really hard to make sure everybody knew who I was. I care about employer branding so much. I've been doing it for 10 years in uh, in-house agency side, consultant side uh, that I, it, it's really all I talk about. People are like, what is your hobbies? I'm like more employer branding. It's breaking down other people's employer brands. It's talking about it, writing about it, podcasting about it. It's what I do. And I'm a big weird believer. And the word weird is useful there that employer branding helps everybody. Like I remember being a candidate and I remember the jobs I had, some of them were great and some of them were horrible. And from the outside, I couldn't tell the difference because they all sounded to look the same. Employer branding is there to say, look, not every job's the same. Not every job sounds the same. It's a lid for every pot. So let's make sure everybody can find the proper match so they can be super happy at work. So that's really what I do. I do about employer branding. Uh, I am in fact, the employer brand nerd. Google says so. So that's really what it's about. That it's all employer brand all the time. Well, you've arrived. You've arrived if it's in the Google. It's, well, yeah, if you Google who is the employer brand nerd, sometimes my picture pops up and I feel like I should warn people about that. That's that's a concerned, like so, somebody should be, should, someone should alert authorities. Certainly someone should know. I suppose it depends on the picture. They're not AI created. No, uh, no. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're, saying, not you're, yet. Still, you're still safe. You haven't, your celebrity though has not elevated to that of Taylor Swift. No, I'm sure Google will find a way to scan my DNA, create a composite image of what I should have looked like had I not, you know, done employer branding. And that'll be the photo that pops up, like the perfect version of your DNA. It's like, okay, one day, one day. I don't, I wouldn't be mad about that. I need that. 
I, I, I have questions, many questions. So James, talk to us a little bit. You're doing this, this project definition of insanity. So can you share, can you share maybe some insights and, and maybe even what, what prompted you to focus on, on trying to inject or, or, or stuff new thinking into the world of employment branding? Well, I, it's not just the world of employer branding. I really think that, you know, I, I think talent acquisition knows it can be better. We we can drive better outcomes. We can help grow the business. I don't know a TA leader who doesn't lament and complain that they don't feel like they have a seat at the table, that they don't feel like they connect with the business very well, that they're seen as a cost center. And that is a, a loaded term if ever there was one. And the thing with businesses is they, if they don't understand how something is valuable, their job is to squeeze it to be as small as humanly possible. And I know recruiters and recruiting leaders who would say, yep, that sounds about right. That sounds like the my entire career is having getting squeezed smaller and smaller and smaller. But we all know talent acquisition grows businesses. And I cannot state that any more clearly than that. Without talent acquisition, you can't do anything. So I'm really trying to say it's not just employer brand. It's talent acquisition as a whole. Businesses need amazing people. They need to fit right. They need to understand. They need to align with the mission and values. They need to bring skill sets. They need to have the appropriate kind of traits and motivations. They need to be great hires. And that does not happen by accident. That doesn't happen by posting it on a job board and hoping for the best. You have professionals who do that. My challenge is, is that as I talk to TA leaders, I hear the same complaints over and over again, and that the exact same complaints I heard 10 years ago. And the thing I feel like is that if we're saying the same things over and over again and hoping for different outcomes, there's a term for that. And that's where the idea came from. It's like, let's, if, let's, let's literally break it all down. Let's clean sheet of paper it a little bit. Let's bring in some new thinking, some new voices. People should probably be by now sick of hearing me talk and Lord, there's plenty of other people who might hear this who might say, yep, that's about right. We're, we're, we've had enough with you, James. Let's bring in more voices. And that's really what I wanted to do. And so I got some pretty well-known people inside the industry, but I also got some people who are very interesting thinkers from outside the industry. Now, my favorite, no, no I'm not going to say favorite. That's just rude because I have some pretty amazing people. If you don't know who Rory Sutherland is, go find the book Alchemy and read that. It is an amazing book. He is the vice chairman of Ogilvy UK. He is the guy who says the opposite of a good idea is probably also a good idea. He's the guy who says, don't spend 4 billion making the trains run 4% faster. Spend half that to make the trains more enjoyable, more comfortable, right? Just change the metric, change the approach, change the thinking. And he's such an incredibly interesting person. What he talked about in terms of talent acquisition was fantastic. Jasmine Bina over at the Concept Bureau talking about people's identities, right? Our identities are so wrapped up in our job, but recruiters and TA don't seem to say, hey, do you want this job? Hey, do we have this set of skills? Where's the identity component? Alex M.H. Smith, who wrote an amazing book called No Bullshit Strategy, about the need for strategy, how strategy replaces effort. And that's something that I think talent acquisition leaders should embrace with both arms. I've got so many people talking about the difference between marketing and branding. I've got such amazing people. And I'm super excited. Jerry, can you tell? I'm super excited. Uh, I just actually edited the very first episode to go live next week yesterday. So I'm like, extra pumped. Like the, the coffee is the coffee levels right up to here. James, I, I, I did a bump of Adderall before I dialed in and I don't have half the energy you do. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast on 1.5 speed, you avoid your warranty. That's all I'm going to say. I love it. I think it's great. And I, and I love the, the, the foundation of what you're trying to do, which, which, you know, really is that for a hundred years, all we've 
do is take the same flawed process and make it more efficient and more productive for its yeah. flaws. And it gets more and more a problem and you technologies and you need to do all of that. And even the, even the best technologies are unfortunately answering the wrong questions. And, yeah. and changes things in kind rather than rather than hone down a hundred people who applied to the five or six that you're going to actually interview. We yeah. have the tools and technology to interview all 100 and make them feel like they all got up to bat, all mm -hmm. had the opportunity to compete for the job. Yeah. We could be collecting data from all of them in a way that we is much more defensible than, than trying to infer from their crazed applications and resumes uh, whether or not they're a proper fit for the job. Yeah. We, and we seem never to get out of shooting ourselves in the foot around pieces like that. We need to ask different questions. And what I'm hoping for your insanity series is, is asking more of those kinds of different questions. What could we do that isn't the same thing over and over again? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say that any answers were arrived at. I'm just because ultimately I, I don't want there to be a sense that there's a right way to do it because there's not because everybody's situation is different and everybody has different resources and different needs, different goals, different metrics, all of that stuff. I just want people to be willing to say there's too many people. I've been in too many rooms where when introduced to a new idea, someone just says, well, what does Google do? As if we are all just a bunch of little Googles or big Googles or whatever, like that, the end all be all. Uh, James, I, right I have to tell you, things. I'm so tired of the senior leadership that says, what's Amazon doing? What's Google doing? Go get us somewhere. Exactly. I'm so tired of, of that same old tired tune. So it, it would yeah. be wonderful to see some people get pretty inventive in the space and not just look to you know, these behemoths that, you know, somehow have built this cult-like following out of the valley. Yeah. You want to look to the outliers to see what works, right? If I were to say, look, I need to become the world's greatest basketball player. I'm not going to go, what does LeBron James do? Why? Because I can never be LeBron James. I'm just, I mean, on so many different levels, just physically, just at the very least, I got to go find a person who can be chubby and old and say, okay, how can I drop baskets from half court? Cause I'm never going to dribble that far in, right? I'm never going to get near the basket. So how can I win? And that to me is what things like strategy allows to do is say, okay, these are our constraints. These are our limitations. What can we achieve more of with this? Because it's not that I have less and you have more. It's you have your thing and I have my thing and that's fine. How do we maximize what we have? How do we do more with less? So in the, in the vein of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a new result, like break it down for yeah. some folks who, who may be dialed in, got lost somewhere in Spotify and found us. You, James, in your experience, like what would be the most persistent common problem in employer branding? One or two that just, you know, yeah. over and over and over that kind of sparked this. And then, Maybe how does your approach around thinking on this traditional method or, or tired method, how's that get addressed in, in your way? I'll say this. I started 10 years ago when before it was called Radency, it was called something called TMP. Uh, I started there and I remember my first two months, someone said, what do you think? Will mobile be a thing? 
And three months ago, I heard someone say almost the exact same thing. I'm like, I'm sorry, what year is this that we're starting to, like the world keeps changing and we pretend that we're in this weird little bubble. AI is coming and we're pretending that we're just gonna use it to write job postings. Uh, I think they can do so much more. I think it has so many opportunities. I think we're just so boxed in. And someone in the comments said ATS systems are the problem. And I would say yes and no, but I think there's a core kernel of, 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 of issue there that we should be addressing. We should be concerned with this idea that someone in HR said, we spent a million dollars on this database use it and everything is driven by that and if it doesn't connect to the database if it doesn't connect to the ats it doesn't exist and i don't think that's the way it works i don't th think there's so much more that can be done and i clearly have frozen in a very interesting <laughs> image i'm very excited very i'm looking at myself now very terrified passionate. yeah yeah <laughs> that's actually my software that did that i'm gonna do that again shut it down you might, you might have thumbs up yourself right right back into something else <laughs> That sounds like what happened. So I will make I will make this fix, but I'll keep talking. I just, I'm still here. Yes. <laughs> so, so what what do you think though would be like? What would be the number one? Like if somebody comes in, like most of the times you go into these organizations, you do a little consulting, you talk with them about how they could build it out, you take on these projects. What would be one that folks could walk away from here going, shit, we've been doing it like that the same way also. Yeah. In terms of employer branding, I think everybody assumes, well, we have these four big boxes. We got career sites, we got job postings, we got social media, and then there's like an like a junk drawer that everybody has. For some people, it's uh, outreach. For some people, it's events. Some for some people, it's whatever. There's, you know, there's always a fourth drawer. I think employer brand is everything you do. I think employer branding is how the CEO acts is what's in the news. It's everything that's going on. And to say, let's just draw this tiny little box and say, this is employer brand and let's enhance that. Ignoring the vast majority of things that actually influence how people see an employer brand is insane. It's absolutely insane. And is pretty much how we've been doing it since the beginning. I mean, I'm not going to you know, diss on Simon Barrow for inventing the thing, which at the time in 1991 in Britain was mind blowing to say, let's bring product marketing, consumer marketing ideas to recruiting. But beyond that, it's not, you got to embrace this idea that if you still think the goal is to get more applicants, I wonder if you understand what we're really trying to do ultimately. I, you know, I think so many recruiters, so many talent acquisition teams, so many employer brand strategies are based on how do we date more people? instead of how do we find the person we'd want to marry? And I think that is so core. You know, Jerry's point, yes, you can date everybody. There's an infinite, there are tools that allow us to date an infinite number of people, but what if we only met two people, but they were both worth marrying? That's a different strategy. That's a different approach. This is the same argument from eight, nine years ago of thinning out that it, fat funnel, like really see? turning it into more of a shoot, right? More of a targeted. Yep. I think um, there are some folks in our space do a really nice job of explaining how to repel uh, some talent that may not be a good fit. Countless, yep. countless leaders we've talked to about being a little more transparent about some of the warts or some of the some of the culture Absolutely. aspects that may not be a fit for everybody in order to help with that. Why do, why doesn't anybody want to do that? Are we worried we didn't ask everybody to the dance? You know what? I, I, here's here's where I put my foot in it. By virtue of putting TA next to HR, we had, by osmosis we've adopted some of their bad habits and HR is risk averse on so many different levels you can't even begin to believe it and they they that is one of the things i think is unnecessary recruiting and i've met some incredibly 
capable, brave recruiters trying new things, willing to get out there, willing to to try, you know change their language, change their approach, change their conversation. I love those recruiters because I think those are the people who are willing to try and change. And it's HR that tends to say, gosh, if it hasn't, like I've been in multiple rooms where they said, can you show me something innovative? And I show them something innovative and they say, now what are the five companies that have done that before? Allow me to explain to you what the word innovative means. Like this, this is the idea that they're so nervous about doing something that isn't proven, they're terrified of doing anything at all. So, okay, so then what are you going to tell leaders in, in TA who are stuck in traditional methods? Like what initial steps are you going to recommend, James, to sort of get them out of that box they've been thinking in? Yeah, I would say this. In a lot of ways, and I, I apologize that I'm getting into this chestnut of is recruiting sales, but there are a lot of parallels. And I think we can all admit that there are a lot of parallels to embrace. Now, Mr. Mr. CEO, look at your sales team. They have a pipeline. They communicate with them. Because of that pipeline, because of the tool set, their ability to bring in and convert a lead into a sale is fairly predictable. Like they know it takes X number of days for someone to say, I'm vaguely interested in this email software platform or sure. whatever it is and convert it. Recruiting, we got nothing. <laughs> we have no way of saying it could take a week. It could take a month. It could take a year. We don't know because we're not building pipelines. We're not feeding them with information. I, I'm you know signed up to all sorts of talent communities and all I get is we're great. We're great. We're great. We're great. We're great. I'm like, I, I get that part. I can get that anywhere. Tell me something that makes me want to engage with you more. There are so many ideas in sales that say, look, we're moving, we're understanding their motivations. We're understanding first, they need to remove objections. First, they need to understand the value. They understand how people process information. That is not a conversation you hear on the recruiter side about motivations, about removing objections. You hear about it from really good recruiters, from headhunter type recruiters, or people who really do it on a very retail level. They're very rare. For the most part, recruiting is still post and prey. And that is a term that I was told was dying 10 years ago. And guess what? It's not. It's still very real. So to CEOs, I would say, look, if you look around the rest of your company, there are great lessons to be learned. Why are we pretending that it's still 1987 in your recruiting team? Let's bring some of the thinking, not the technology. That's a whole separate conversation. Yeah. But just the thinking that says, who do you really want to hire? What's the best way to engage that person? How do you Here's a phrase I don't hear from recruiters very often. I want you to want to work here. Mostly we hear recruiters saying, who can I, whose arm can I bend to, you know, so until they apply and then we'll convince them and then we'll beat them up through this recruiting process, through this interview process, through this candidate experience process. And maybe, you know, it won't be a 50% offer acceptance rate. I want people who want to work here. Open AI has no problem getting people to want to work here. Google had no problem getting people to want to work there. And it's not because they're just the coolest companies, but because people understood what was inside. People understood what they were getting into. Goldman Sachs has no problem getting people to want to work there, no matter what the newspapers say about 100-hour work weeks. Zero problems at all. Why? Because the value proposition of what do I get when I work there is crystal clear. Hmm. It's a, it's a lot to unwind. A little bit. Yeah. I've been thinking about this for 10 years. It's been 10 years and I've written three books. Come on. I just, I'm just a la, 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 la. <laughs> I love it. This is great. A little bit to unpack. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And you've got extreme, you got some extremes on both sides, right? There's too many people here. And then the people that are, you know, in my funnel, I got to bend their arms to work here. So there, I mean, there's certainly no challenges in that space. There's a yeah. lot to do. Yeah. There's infinite layers of, that's the thing. 
we keep saying, I don't know where to start, so I don't start. I don't know what problem is the most important problem, so I don't solve any of the problems. I just keep doing what everybody else seems to doing. And it's getting to this point where, and this is a danger I feel in a macro level, TA leaders and recruiters are now interchangeable cogs. They can go from one company to the next, say, oh, it's greenhouse or lever, great. Or it's workday instead of greenhouse, great. Two little switches I put in my head. It's the same process. It's the same kind of team. It's the team structure. It's the same complaints from hiring managers. It's the same complaints from my CHRO. It's the same stuff. Why? Because we've standardized recruiting and I've never met a standard person in my life. And I don't understand that at all. So James, do you think with, with so many TA leaders who have been displaced and TA professionals who have been displaced, who now are complaining about the process. They're on the other side of that equation they've been fortunate enough not to have to deal with. Jerry and I talk about this yeah. quite a bit uh, and quite frequently. Do you envision a shift in how things are done as a result when these folks get back in the saddle and they're back in these organizations where they can start to make a difference? Or do you think we get comfortable again and we just do that, do that fun thing over and over and over and over and over? I think memories are short. And even if we start day one with the most positive hopes, the greatest of intentions to make that change happen, the machine says, the ATS says, all the tools say, the standard expectations say, just do it the way you always did it. I mean, let's be fair. It's not like this is the first time TA recruiter, TA leaders have been fired or losing their jobs. This has been happening. On, you know, there've been waves of this happening for 20 years. How, why would it, this be any different? And it's just that structures are too similar change management is going to be driven by things outside of where we are it yeah. may be a change in how candidates perceive are motivated or perceive you know what they want to do it may be by laws that whether we like them or not that somebody says you know what you you've got to you've got to tell people about what you're going to pay them before you get to the point where they really want the to work for the job for less yeah. money than they can, you know, that than they actually need. So it's um, there's going to be a shift, and we're seeing some of that, but it's very slow. And I don't think anybody thinks it's going to happen anytime really soon. Jerry, I would I would I would say that change management is a religion within TA that needs more followers. It, well, yes, it, it is the least appreciated. And it, I remember dealing with a change management person when I was implementing stuff. It was a pain in the ass. Like, I, I didn't want to do all that. I don't need all that communications. I just want to slam this in and call it a day and we're doing the right stuff. Yeah. The change management person didn't know what they were doing. The change management, there is a body of knowledge relative to it. But, but you know, primarily it's got the same problems and flaws that everything else is. They over-fucking-complicate it. And, and that's just just not the way we need it. We need We need basically to do what... James is talking about, make an effort to have an idea that is not like any idea we've had before, and then ac execute on that and take the risk and learn from it. I, I, I don't disagree with that, but I also feel like there's a lot of basic stuff that gets done so poorly or, or, or haphazardly yeah. because, and, and the adoption tanks because we don't bring people along on the journey with us. I, I think there's two sides to that. I agree. I'm, I'm going to add one, one more wrinkle. And this is, again, me putting my foot in my mouth and what is this live or something? Anyway, moving on. I have never met an industry in which they were so siloed up that they were willing to say, if you've never recruited, I don't have to listen to you. I've seen multiple times new leadership come in and say, this is how we're going to do TA. And recruiters say to one another, 
well, she's never had a wreck in her life, so I don't have to listen to her. I'm going to keep doing it the same way I've always done it. And that terrifies me. Now, I'm not saying all recruiters are like that. I'm saying it's an industry where that seems people seem to get away with that more than they do any place else. Sure. And I think that that foot dragging, that inability to try new things, to experiment is what's slowly draining the lifeblood out of our industry. I cannot count. I'll ask this question to Jerry, maybe the same. I, ca I cannot count on my hands and feet and on a calculator even how many times I've had someone come to me and say, they don't know what they're talking about. I can't believe they're in that role. They've never even held a wreck. It is it is a really interesting debate. There are some there are some valid points made on both sides of it. Agreed. But Agreed. Jer Jerry, you, do you say, same for you? Do you, well, you, do you yeah, still see that with, conversation? Without a doubt, if you're going to if you're going to do the same thing over and over again, then yeah, you probably need to experiment with um, actually doing some recruiting yourself so that you can experience the bullshit that you've you've invested in. You know, and that's that's part of the problem. If somebody comes in who's not done it before, the first thing they do is basically install shit that's the same shit that we've always had. As opposed to, wait a second, before, you know, the first thing I want to do, since I have not learned how to how to recruit the way you guys do, I want somebody to stand behind me and help me actually hire one or two people for this company. And they will then realize <laughs> that that this whole bullshit needs needs change. Needs yeah. change. I I think there's one more way to, to approach that. And that is if you've got, if you're a recruiter and you're a recruiting team and you are, you're given a new leader who has not done talent acquisition team, this is an opportunity for you to say clean sheet of paper. What do we really want to do? What are we really trying to accomplish here? Someone who is not beholden and burdened by the bullshit, who is willing to try new things. This is a gift and we treat it as if it's a burden. And I think that's the wrong approach. James, I say it a different way that we have to shift or pivot from uh, these practices that we've always done to the decision processes that each stakeholder is involved in mm -hmm. uh, to better understand what what is going to satisfy the needs of each of the stakeholders in a way that benefits the company long term. 100% agree. And we do, we do see some organizations take risk and hire interesting characters into roles to shake up those teams. We don't see a lot of that risk taken from the C-suite bringing in TA leaders, like it's it's out yeah. there for sure, but we don't see a lot of people bringing in a wild card to head up TA. I think that yeah, would be CMOs, a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. We've seen a couple, Chris, but few. they yeah. haven't lasted long. No, <laughs> and and there's and and the frustration level is extremely high yeah. when they discover that there are obstacles they just cannot find a way around or through or over or under or whatever, um, and and that that unfortunately destroys their motivation to continue. Yeah. When the average tenure of a CMO is 14 months, you can put a wild card in there and hope for the best knowing full well, they're tick tock, tick tock. Also the value is saying, look, it may blow up, but it will have moved us in the direction we want to go. And then we can install someone else. TA, no one thinks on those terms. I love it. James, you know, we normally, when we wrap these up, we ask folks uh, to, to, if they were going to write a book today about the state of this conversation and give it a name, that's the question we normally ask, but I have to tell you, that's a little wasted on you because you've done, you've done yeah. the book thing a few times. So I'm going to change it up a little bit, James. And I think this is pretty fitting with you, James, if you were going to direct a sitcom, oh. uh, on TV, pr premier network, you pick your choice, 
Um, what would the title of the sitcom be? I, the title is tough, but I can definitely see an office style, a little less uh, sarcastic office, a little less kind of depressing. Yeah. And office is one of those shows where the first time you watch, it goes, that's funny. And the second time you watch, you go, oh, everybody's mean. It hurts this in is, here to watch the office good. for me. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah it, yeah. It, yeah. it takes like a second viewing to realize what's happening. I think I'd want that, but without that, think of it like the good place. So the same kind of approach of people want to do the best work possible. Uh, the sitcom would be called Requisition, something like that, something dry and boring where you just really like, in fact, where half the people go, I don't even think that's a real word. I don't, I don't, is that English? I don't understand. Uh, where Pete, where just the right people would say, Oh, what are we about to get into? Oh my God. I think it's great. I love it. The rec I would, I would dial in. I would, dial I don't know that I'd pay a subscription for it, but I promise James, if it were on free over the air HD, I would watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be it'll be on the free ad supported channel somewhere, I'm sure. Love it. Okay. Well, in the spirit of we don't do ads, James, what's the best way folks can get in touch with you? We threw your LinkedIn uh, up, and actually, let me do this really quickly. I'll throw it back up mm -hmm. for those who are listening uh, on the treadmill. It's LinkedIn.com/slash/in/slash/the war for talent. Don't get me started on that phrase. That's going to be Got the it. LinkedIn where you can reach him. He's not hard to find on LinkedIn anyway. But James, where would you tell people to go to find you? Honestly, I put all my my resources that are free and not quite so free at employerbrand.ing. So employerbranding, so employerbrand.ing is the best place to go. Oh. I, I want more people to take advantage, to learn, to try new things and, and and be exposed to these ideas. I think this will help change some of these conversations. Gosh, I hope, I hope, I hope this changes some conversations. I don't have any faith. Or at least spark one. Maybe it'll cynical. spark a conversation. Yeah. You know, I'll take, I'll take what I can get. You've got plenty of fans in the comments. James, thanks for giving us oh. time today. Much gratitude. We know you're super busy. No. Guy. Back at you. I appreciate it. All right. We're going to end this and uh, we'll see you in the green room. How's that? Sounds good. Thanks, stuff everybody. Happens. Thanks, guys. We'll see everybody next week. CXR.work slash podcast. Super easy. <laughs>